Welcome to Nebraska Farmcast, a production of the Extension Farm and Ranch Management Team in the Department of Agricultural Economics at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. I'm Ryan Evans. Throughout President Biden's campaign and first couple of months in office, he has made it clear that his administration is committed to addressing climate change. On the heels of rolling blackouts experienced throughout Texas and the Plains states in February, the topics of reliable and cleaner electricity are front and center. To discuss the Biden climate plan, especially as it relates to power systems here in the U.S., is Dave Aiken, a professor and water and agricultural law specialist here in the Department of Agricultural Economics. He has a new article on the subject published on our farm and ranch management website at farm.unl.edu. Dave, thanks for joining the podcast. Good to be here, Ryan. So first, can you explain what some of the Biden administration's main objectives are when it comes to climate and how those might be accomplished? Well, the two big ones would be that they would like to get to um, emission-free electricity by 2035 and then uh, be net zero emission for the economy as a whole by 2050. And those would uh, help us meet the International Climate Commission, uh, climate objectives uh, and, and the what we agreed to originally in the, in the Paris uh, climate conference. And speaking of these rolling blackouts we, we saw last February, can you talk about maybe how a Biden clean electricity program would work? You bet. Well, the, uh, the clean electricity program is, is fundamental to the entire strategy because from now to 2050, more and more of the uh, U.S. economy will be shifted from fossil fuel to electricity. And so uh, if we're going to meet climate objectives, that electricity system needs to be uh, uh, clean or zero emission. That means things like wind and solar and hydropower, but also nuclear in terms of electricity generation that we can have that will be uh, zero uh, greenhouse gas emissions. And so the moving to the clean um, electricity system at 2035 is, uh, if we get there, then we've got a great chance of, of being able to get the whole thing done. And what they want, how they, I think, how they're going to do this, it hasn't been proposed yet, but I've been doing a little detective work. Uh, basically, what they will do is they'll look at all the power providers and, and say, uh, and let's say, and they'll say, how much do you get from clean sources and how much do you get from fossil fuel? And right now, the average in the United States is, is uh, uh, 37% uh, zero emission and uh, 63% uh, fossil fuel. So say in 2022, they'll say, okay, um, everybody that provides electricity has to get at least 35% that's zero emission, or we'll just call that clean from here on out. And, and, and then each year it's gonna go up 5%. So when we get to 2035, we'll be at 100%. Well, you know, if I'm at, if I'm at 37, if I'm average, I'm at 37%, I'm okay in year one, but in year two, I have to make some changes. You know, I have to get more from wind and solar or I'm gonna be in trouble. And what do I do then? And one parts of the program is that people or people who generate more clean electricity than they need to meet their 
requirement each year can basically sell the extra as credits. So if you're at 50% zero emission and I'm at 35% and the requirement is 40, I'm 5% short. So I'll say, hey, Ryan, I know you generate a lot of clean energy. You wanna sell me some of those credits so that I can be okay with EPA on this? And you'll say, well, we'll talk about it and we'll see what we can negotiate. But, you know, bottom line, I have to get them. So I'll pay what I, what I need to pay to buy those credits from you. And as time goes on, I may get tired of buying these credits and say, okay, let's, we're going we're gonna to mothball some of this uh, fossil fuel-based stuff and convert it into uh, cleaner generation. Now, that's a big positive for farmers and ranchers uh, in Nebraska, because if you're looking at wind farms and solar farms, you know, we've got some of the, wisp, some of the best wind farm potential in the country. And, uh, you know, so we could build, build a lot of wind farms and farmers and ranchers could make good money leasing their land out for wind and solar farms. Uh, it's good for the local county because they make big payments to schools instead of property tax payments, but that's where most of the property tax goes anyway. So that cuts everybody's tax bill in the county. So it should be a win-win, but you know, we've got some not in my backyard issues with that in Nebraska. So it may be kind of close, but I think it's gonna be a real opportunity down the road. What's the effect that a clean energy system would have on, on the power grid overall? Like, would we see, would we be susceptible to these rolling blackouts like we experienced when we had these near failures in Texas last month? That's a great question, Ryan. Um, Texas's problem, quite frankly, is that they did their energy system on the cheap. They did not, uh, when they had, this happened to them in 2011, and they had, they said, you know, you've got to winterize this stuff. Otherwise, the next time you get hit with a really cold uh, spell, it's not going to work. Uh, you know, the, the coal piles will freeze up. And, and you won't be able to chop them up to still be able to generate electricity with them. You know, the, the gas lines will freeze up. And if you guys, and the, the, all the controls will freeze up, the monitors will freeze up. If you don't have this stuff winterized, then the next time this happens, it's gonna be bad. Well, it, they got a real blast of really cold weather. Everything froze up, but it was not a surprise. And that's why everybody uh, who was the head of the Texas Power Grid uh, the board of directors and the the, the head guy uh, retired uh, or were fired, and they know they had they knew they had to clean house and to, and to do it right. The bottom line is that you've got to plan for these things. If you plan for these things, then they you know it may be a hiccup, but it's not going to be the catastrophic thing that we saw there. Things that are going to be part of the Biden plan are a super grid to help move energy around the country. Right now, we do not have a national grid. We have three regional grids with Texas, the Texas grid being one of the grids. We have the Eastern grid and the Western grid, but we do not have a national grid. And if we build a, a high voltage national grid, we can move power around the country so that even if you, you know, come up short uh, like Texas did, uh, you can get it from somewhere else in the country where they've got more than they need, or they can ramp up and, and generate some more. 
we can do uh, right now. Uh, we, we have storage technology for storing electricity. Uh, we need to invest in that, but as more uh, utilities are required to have that as part of their operating system uh, so that they can have electricity on tap when the wind's not blowing or the sun's not shining, for example, uh, that will make our, our, our grid more resilient. So there are ways to, there are ways to do it. Uh, we need to plan for it, but if we do, we can get it done. Well, Dave Aiken is a professor and water and agricultural law specialist in the Department of Agricultural Economics, the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. You can read more about this on farm.unl.edu. He has an article there and also recently released a Cornhusker Economics, the department's newsletter here uh, on a similar topic. So Dave, thank you very much for joining the podcast today and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. This has been Nebraska Farmcast, a production of the Extension Farm and Ranch Management Team in the Department of Agricultural Economics at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. For decision-making tools, articles, podcasts, videos, and more, visit us online at farm.unl.edu.